0: Are you suffering from back pain? Well, I've got the thing just for you. 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain, plus 192 others just in case, volume 1, available at Amazon.com. Over 30 million Americans are suffering with back pain at this very moment. The vast majority of these cases are either caused or exacerbated by common lifestyle factors. Many of the same factors may be causing you pain right now. Join board-certified physician Andrew Kirshner as he guides you through the parts of your life where these problems occur and gives you simple, safe, and effective solutions for these common daily pitfalls. In this fun and informative book, you will learn how to identify the aspects of your life which may be causing you pain, how to create a back-friendly environment, how you can improve your pain by improving your sleep, ways to make a pain-free commute, how you can perform daily activities without making your pain worse and much more. Andrew Koshner is so well respected in the field of back pain relief. He has, you know, famous clients such as DJ Jazzy Jeff. He has done uh, many talks and lectures at universities in the UK. He has appeared on QVC, demonstrating back pain relief products, and that is because he is an expert in his field and people trust him. Also, check out the five-star reviews on Amazon.com. This is the book that you need if you suffer from back pain. That's 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain, plus 192 others, just in case, Volume 1, available at Amazon.com in paperback. Check the link below the show for more information. Just when you thought that there were already too many podcasts in the world, Here comes another one. One, he is, cover road with his bloody podcast. Hey kids, welcome to another episode of Pablo's Poppin' Podcast. Praise the Lord, I'm only one week behind schedule. Um, sorry for that, for uh, my guest and for anyone who was looking forward to listening to the show. Um, it's a great interview with a professional wrestler on the rise, very much on the independent scene in the States, Irvin Legend. Um, he has uh, chatted, uh, well, he's chatted with me on the show before as Facebook sounds go off. Uh, professionalism right from the start. Um, and we talk about his background and, um, you know, his. Uh, journey into becoming a a wrestler and this kind of goes one step further and we go off on many different subjects apologies if because i can't remember now but apologies if we talk about (laughs) the raw 25th anniversary or the royal rumble preemptively um because it was recorded before then and obviously the interview has just went up now so let's see if we were correct if we talked about it at all um which i can't remember if we did and i'm I'm sure we must have though because that's the thing we've everyone and their mother has given the opinion uh, their opinion on the 25th anniversary of raw um being a very discerning fan of 1993 in particular maybe i set my standards a little bit too high like my favorite thing i mean i, I loved the guy in the audience who dressed as bobby heenan in drag trying to get into the building that was like that was great um and i love that they brought back the ico pro banner but i, I- My main problem, and uh, I'm going to... See, that's the thing. Like, a lot of podcasts, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but wrestling podcasts just complain all the goddamn time. And it's just... uh, how can they be fans of something that they complain about that much, but, you know, and I understand a lot of it comes from frustration that they want something to be better, but it just seems like complaining for complaining's sake, and I know that me talking about that is me now complaining, and I have to stop. But, um, <laughs> from, you know, like I say, as a 1993 fan in particular, I kind of set my sights a little bit too high for this Raw, and there is very much a sense of, with nostalgia shows, of that'll do. because, um, I understand that you can't please everyone, but I think if you're doing a Raw in the Manhattan Centre with, you know, and they brought back the Ico Pro banner, you know, and it's probably a bit worrying that it marked out over that more than a lot of things that happened on the show. Um, but I think what the Raw was missing really was the spirit of early Raw. Um, you know, it was just too pre pre produced and too you know sanitized and you know uh segmented and it didn't have the feeling of that anything could happen i think that's really what everyone wanted because i mean as well it wasn't just meant to be a 1993 raw it was meant to and capture the last 25 years of raw um and, you know, obviously, I mean, they were top notch with the names that they brought in, but they just had them do nothing <laughs> on the whole. And, you know, there's just, they could have incorporated them into storylines with some of the newer talent. I mean, it was also a go home show for the Royal Rumble. And look, I don't watch new WWE that much at all. Um, but it was, it should have been the opportunity because apparently the ratings were better than they had been in quite a while. Um, It should have been the opportunity to really give people a reason to watch next week and they could have done that with the new talent that they have and the storylines that they're trying to build up and you know it just it it just didn't do it for me i don't think it would have done it for anyone looking to maybe starting to watch again um you know and if they do another nostalgia show i kind of get the feeling that all they're going to do is just wheel people out just to wave to the crowd again and that's not what i wanted and don't get me wrong i wasn't expecting um, you know, well to be fair, it, again if it was me, I would have had when the Undertaker came out. I would have obviously had Damien Demento uh, interfere, and then either could have had just a very very short match. If it was again if it was me, um and you know you could have had Max Moon. I would have had as many people from the original the first Raw there as possible. And you know you could have kept segments shorter. And I think that is genuinely or generally why I kind of don't watch anymore because like. I'll be honest, you know, I I know people say the Attitude Era is kind of overrated now, and it's kind of become cool to say that, like saying the Beatles are overrated, and it's like, no, it really wasn't overrated, because everyone's, I mean, okay, the athleticism is obviously better now than it was then, and arguably the matches are better now than they were, but to me... How good a match is, it's kind of like trying to judge art. It's very subjective. You know, if the characters are good enough and if the storyline is, you know, strong enough, and, you know, I, I think that will draw the crowd in. And it doesn't matter what you do in the match, really, in my opinion. Um, you know, Hogan threw three punches, a boot, and a leg drop, and the crowd went insane every time. Um, you know, I've, I, I think if you try to watch it now, looking back, Without context, it is hard to, um, you know, uh, rate it highly. I guess, Um, you know, but with context and being, you know, and and don't get me wrong, you know, with the actually when I watched it at the time, a lot of the stuff that they did. That did that was kind of maybe a bit distasteful, you know, like uh, Terry losing her baby and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, chair shots to the head make me cringe a lot more now in hindsight because of everything that's happened. Um, <coughs> but you know, back then I wasn't like really getting emotionally involved in Terry runnels losing a baby or May Young giving birth to a hand and stuff like that. I was just kind of like, ah, okay, this is a Thing that's happening now, um, and you know, they tried to do a lot of that stuff again in like 2006 and seven, And I really did roll my eyes at it, as I guess people my age would have done during the Attitude era who grew up on you know the NWA and um, you know, the more territorial stuff, or even like 1980s WBF, it certainly wasn't that anymore. Um, so yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm just an old man. Maybe maybe I'm just an old man and I need, need to stop complaining. Um, but we, uh, talking about wrestling, uh, Colin Delaney—he, um, uh, is returning. You'll be glad to know, or you may not know what Turnchuckle is. Basically. People think that me loving 1993 is a gimmick, but no, it's not. (laughs) Like, if you see some of my collection, it's definitely not a gimmick. I love 1993. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, And me and Colin Delaney do real-time commentary over Raw episodes from the start. And um, we're about five episodes in. Um, We're going to continue with this. Um, You know, obviously, Colin was on WWE TV recently, and... um... i think he I, I did ask him what he can and can't say now because obviously there is a chance that he could go back to wwe um uh, in some form and you know I, I think it's fine commenting on old stuff you know because he is critique you know he's critiquing it from the point of view of a professional wrestler something that i can't do and i think that adds a nice spin onto the podcast um uh, but i'm yeah, I can't have a bad word said against 1983. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of an interesting dynamic. Uh, although Survivor Series wasn't great. It, it's kind of weird how much I love that year. But it kind of does take a little dip after SummerSlam for me. Uh, But yeah, no, if you want to hear me talk a ton about 1993, uh, listen to Chuck or listen to previous episodes. Listen to, go through the archives and find all the episodes where I've interviewed uh, former WWE personalities like Ahmed Johnson. That was a great two part interview. Um, Tom Buchanan, who was a photographer at WWE for 15 years. Um, Oh, who else? Jameson. Uh, You know, amongst others. Rick Bogner, the fake Razor Ramon. You know, I, I. I'm very lucky to be able to get interviews with these people and it's kind of nice that they don't do many interviews so you know it's quite nice, so I try to make it the definitive interview kind of thing, and I don't get a chance to talk about wrestling too much, because I interview musicians, actors, authors, filmmakers butchers, bakers, candlestick makers you know, all that, um, so to be able to just, you know, uh, wax lyrical about wrestling a little bit, it's quite nice um, so yeah, again, thank you to the sponsor, Andrew Kirshner, Dr. Andrew Kirshner, 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain, many of you who may be listening to this may be wrestlers, and you may have bad backs, this book will help you out, uh, I can't say enough about it not because he's a sponsor or a friend because the book really is that good and he is a trusted professional so do check it out link is below the show it helps keep the show running basically because i'm again broke so if you want to help keep the show running do check it out um and it's also available on uh, ebook as well so um and all the link for that is below it'll take you to amazon and uh, check it out um if you would like to support me otherwise uh, there is a big green button at the top of the Podbean page called um uh, give me money for free or something like that yeah uh, patron <laughs> um if you would like to do that obviously i would very much appreciate it but i don't expect it i would rather give you something in return i mean you you were getting the the fabulous entertainment of pablo's podcast but um, if you'd like to support me and get something else in return, check out my music at toxicmelons.bandcamp.com. If you're into sort of uh West Coast kind of sixties uh classic pop, lots of melody, harmony, arrangement, uh Beach Boys kind of stuff, uh Beatles, the Zombies, ELO, the Move, then that is kind of my stuff. And I've worked with a lot of names uh out there as well, uh including one of the uh, songs that I'll be playing on today's show, um and names that you may have heard of like Roger Manning, Eric Dover. They've worked with guys like. Beck and Eric Doe uh, and Slash, and you know, uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. I'm very, very lucky, um, but also it's a sub genre, it's power pop, no. and <laughs> not a lot of people like take much notice of it. So, if you want to check it out, Toxic Melons bandcamp.com I really appreciate that so yeah I think that's round about it without actually just complaining about life too much which I could do at length um I'm not going to I'm going to play you a song by my friend Stephen Wilson now Stephen played I was very lucky enough to play a gig out in LA and Stephen stepped in at the very 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 last minute to, uh, to perform one of my ridiculous songs uh you know he learned it in record time Uh, This is a song from his album uh, Therapy uh, and it is called The King of Hash and I'll let you uh, decide what that song is about. Um, That uh, album is uh, available at Big Stir Records um, uh, under the uh, label Plastic Soul Music, so do check out Big Stir, that's B-I-G-S-T-I-R They have had some stuff released on them as well, so I really uh, appreciate it, and I like to help friends out where I can, because they help me out a lot. So yes, this is The King of Hash, and then we will be going straight into my interview with the legendary Urban Legend, and then hear about upcoming guests, including wrestling guests, uh, after the interview, along with some more great music. A lot of teenagers are on dope. They're on uppers and lowers, sitting in a room filled with smoke.
1: Filled with smoke, and they're smoking their opium... And they're taking their marijuana, and they got their uppers and downers, and they're feeling, feeling just, just fine. fine. Feeling just fine. King of ashes got a lot.
0: Okay, so it's been about a year, and uh, I've had a lot of fun following uh, my guest on Facebook and seeing him really uh, advance and grow over the past year. I am back with, all the way from Virginia, Mr. Irvin Legend. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm good. Um, yeah, it's uh, well, it's January. Well, it's, yeah, it's actually January in the UK, and I'm freezing. What's the weather down like?
2: Uh, it's about 21 degrees.
0: Oh god, I hate you. Okay. Yeah. See, is that cold for you though? Yeah, oh.
2: yeah for me it is. I'm
0: used <laughs> to I don't like that weather at all. Uh, see, that's the thing though. Like you know, especially as a independent wrestler, if you're going to start taking bookings in the UK and Europe and stuff like that, you're going to have to get used to this weather.
2: Yeah, that won't be a problem for me, man, because
0: I've got so used to this stuff, man. So. Oh, I I, re- I don't know, you know, man. It's next level here it's gonna it's gonna test your toughness you know? yeah it's probably <laughs> so <laughs> like, uh, yes i mean and, um you were a guest uh, about a year ago as well and um over the past year it, it like i say it has been a lot of fun just to see um you know all the shows that you've done and the people that you've worked with how's your year been Is, are, are you where you are expected to be at this point uh
2: yeah, I'm just uh you know I took a couple months off last year, you know trying to get my my mind wasn't in the game like it was supposed to be and you know it affected my performance and then bled over to my personal life and then I ended up losing my job and uh, I had a lot of stuff going on but now you know I'm I'm healthy and I'm good I'm ready to go That's ready right. to make it better
0: yeah I I think I remember seeing that you had an injury was that was that something in the ring that happened or was it an illness. Yeah, it, was, it happened in the ring. I got a concussion and I had no surgery. Oh, of course, yeah. God, man. Um, so, like, thankfully, nothing that is um, long-term. But, I mean, do you, do you still have to take tests, like concussion tests and stuff like that? Or?
2: Nah, I just had to uh, take the concussion screening about a couple of weeks after my last checkup,
0: and they cleared me on there. Yeah. So, what, what was it a move that you took, or was it a move that you executed, or...? Ironically, it was a, just a simple st-
2: uh, stinger splash in the corner. But my head went back so fast, I had no way to protect myself. And I smacked my head on the uh, on the pole and it knocked me out. Oh, God.
0: Okay. So did you get a big lump on your head? Uh, surprisingly, no. But I did have blood coming out my nose. Oh, jeez. So what, what happened? Did the match uh, just stop straight away? I mean, I guess you were just completely out of it. Uh...
2: I-, I took three kicks after that. I don't even remember taking the kick. But I just... <laughs> flash and then waking up in the locker room and i got up and i threw up everywhere so uh, i went to the hospital and they said i had a concussion um they kept me overnight and then i went home i started having bad nosebleeds Uh, i waited a couple days like an idiot i tried to lift some weights and i lost like all my strength i just was i felt like i had the flu and when i was getting weak that was that was blood coming hemorrhaging from my nose and bleeding into my brain i was putting extra uh pressure on my brain which is why i was feeling all weird and uh Oh jeez! Yeah, went right in the hospital again. Uh, they basically just it pretty much broke my nose, and they burnt all the nerves to stop the bleeding. And then I, I had this pipe up my this thing up my nose for about a week. And then once that was done, I was good. And I, I was a matter of taking it easy for the next month, and then I was completely good to go.
0: Uh, did, it was it so it was hard to work out during that time. Did you see your body sort of? Uh, not deteriorate, but I, I guess the muscles start to go and all that kind of thing.
2: No, because I was kind of pushing my luck and I was still doing push ups and pull ups and stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing, but I wasn't <laughs> happy that I wasn't able to get to the gym. And I, I've never been one to listen to doctors, so I, when I felt I was good to do something, I tried. And I, my equilibrium was still a bit off, so that was my body telling me I, I still needed to take it easy. So I, I was just sat in that chair for a couple of days. You know, I still ate like I normally do, but I wasn't able to do nothing. You know, normal. But uh, during the match, it all started actually with the German. And uh, I, I, I don't like burying talent. No. On podcast, I'm not that type of person. But um, I expected a different move, and it was a different thing altogether. So I couldn't protect myself, and uh, I landed on the back of my
0: head. That's what started it, and then the pole kind of just finished me off. Yeah. Was it, I mean again without burying anyone? Was the was he maybe a little inexperienced or was it? Just- um, he was.
2: He was a little new, but he is good for his uh, yeah. experience level. It was just a matter of communication. I thought I was going to do a, a German. I thought I was flipping out. I didn't know he was going to bridge bridge it. So, again, I went to flip, and I
0: landed around the back of my head. Uh, man. Well, you've told me two things that uh, make you sound more like a wrestler than ever before. That you, One, you didn't listen to the doctor, because wrestlers are renowned for not listening to the doctor. And two, you've had a broken nose now, so now you look probably more like a wrestler than ever before.
2: Yeah, I broke it for about the third time. So,
0: <laughs> Oh, is this the third time
2: in the ring you've broken your nose? Oh. Uh, one was in a fight, and the second one was in football,
0: and then third was in wrestling. See, that's good, though. At least it's sport-related and uh, fighting-related.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now the top of my nose looks all uneven. What, uh, I will have to have, require one more surgery on my nose just to realign the cartilage, but I don't have to worry about that any time soon.
0: Yeah. It's right. kind of just so... That's good. So I'm guessing is the is there feeling there, or have you, you know, can you smell still and all that kind of thing, or? Yeah,
2: everything's still normal. It's just the cartilage hasn't been, you know, busted to crap basically, and they just need to realign the bones because it didn't heal properly. Because you know, I just was being me and I, I screwed it up again. And uh, with me doing that, I they need to go back in there again. So it's a minor surgery. Yeah. So it's not you know too extreme. Just go in there, realign the bones, and
0: let it heal again. Yeah, I, it's all a learning curve, man. I mean, uh, yeah, I couldn't pretend to know because luckily I've never broken a bone. I don't know how I've managed that. Not that I'm even remotely athletic. I'm just really clumsy, so like, I'm surprised I haven't just like you know fallen down some stairs or been run over by a car or something like that. That hasn't happened yet. So I, uh, you know, touch wood that uh, you know I don't have to break break a bone anytime soon. But I, I don't know what that pain's like. So you know, I guess your nose or your ribs, because it's all breathing related. Those would be like really painful because you have to deal with them all the time. I've broken so much stuff, man. <laughs> I, I'm so healthy;
2: it's not even funny. And I have a very high pain tolerance. I've broken my ribs. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Uh, okay. my patella, uh, tore my quadricep.
0: I've rubbed my eardrum. I've done a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, was that all wrestling related, or was it all just different things? Yeah.
2: Yeah, most wrestling related. I think the worst injury was
0: my ruptured eardrum. That hurt pretty bad. Yeah, but you know, obviously you're still doing this and doing it really well, so it's obviously all worth it.
2: Yeah, I just keep let it heal and just keep uh, going back. But my ruptured eardrum isn't really quick fix. I only have about fifty percent hearing in my left ear, and I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, but I can still hear everything. That's well, good.
0: Sorry. So uh, do you feel that you – now that uh, – because I wear headphones all the time and I'm really conscious of it. Are you more conscious of taking care of your ears in particular? Because that would be a terrible thing to lose, like, altogether. I mean, I'm just careful
2: when I take hits to the head. If I'm taking a super kick or a punch, I kind of turn my body to the opposite direction so that, you know, if he does kick with my ear, I can block. I'm not really hesitant about getting hit because I'm going to get hit. I just protect myself. More.
0: Yeah. No, totally. So, I mean – um. I, one thing I've noticed uh, through, uh, especially like your photoshoots, you, you know, your body has improved uh, a lot. So, did you start a new regime after after the injury, or um, was it yeah. just continue or so that you actually changed things up a little bit?
2: Yeah, I changed everything up. I've changed my eating habits. I've changed my diet. I've changed my workout. I've gotten some supplements. I've changed everything. So what, uh, I don't spread so meat. Anymore. Go for it. I'm sorry. Um, I don't really eat red meat anymore. I eat it about once a week, but for the most part, I'm just staying on seafood and poultry, and I'm eating a lot of rice, lots of potatoes, two gallons of water a day, and then I'm in the gym for about two, three hours a day, every day except weekends.
0: Yeah. Did Did you find that hard changing your diet?
2: Huh? Yeah, I mean it was tough the first couple of weeks. Now it's enjoyable because I feel I feel way healthier. You know, I don't eat
0: fast food. I don't drink
2: soda. I mean, I'll have a I like a good beer. Yeah. But I'll have that maybe on a weekend. Not too light, not too
0: heavy. Well, that's the thing, moderation as well, and you'll appreciate it more when you have it, I guess. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, look, I'm I'm trying, I'm trying to go on a diet, and it's just, look, don't get me wrong, I don't eat that much crap, but I eat so much bread. Like, And I know bread really just takes it out of you and makes you lethargic and stuff like that. And it's just... It's just this kind of stumbling block that I need to get through like a month of it, and then I think my stomach will probably shrink, and then I'll be able to not miss eating, you know, certain things. But yeah, it is, it's hard for me. Um, What kind of bread do you eat? um, Wholemeal bread. Whole wheat? Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be the healthiest one, I would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm about white
2: bread? That's why. But if you're eating whole wheat, whatever slices you normally eat, cut that in half.
0: Yeah. yeah, See, I. If I can do that with cereal as well, like I try to eat healthy cereal and I do eat, look, if I didn't watch what I eat, I would be like double the size that I am now, you know, like I've like sort of maintained this weight, which is a bit out of shape. So I am going to get DDP yoga um and, and my singer in my band recommended yoga as well and he is very good at it so I'm, you know i keep watching that video you know the the army veteran who was like on he weighed about 400 pounds and he's on like two walking sticks and he can't move and then he does ddp yoga and then he's like running along a beach yeah with, with his top yeah. with his shirt off and i'm just like yep like he's in far worse condition than i am so i like really i've got no excuse i really need to actually you know do this so yeah um <laughs> um Completely changing the subject because I, I did say we we're going to nerd out a little bit here. Um, I'm I'm very very excited about the 25th anniversary of Raw because I'm a sucker for all the legends coming back, and it looks like that's going to happen at the Manhattan Center as well. I love the Manhattan Center Raws. Are you looking forward to it, or is it something that you watch regularly still? um Well,
2: you know, to be completely honest, I don't watch Raw a lot. The only time I watch catch Raw is SmackDown. Is if I need an extra dose of motivation, I'm mostly in NXTI because I yeah. look at the competition there, and I'm thinking that could be me in a couple months or a couple years. And I want to see how these guys work. I want to see what their gimmicks are. I want to see what they like to do and what they don't like to do, so that if I'm
0: ever in the ring with any of them, I know what I'm doing.
3: Yeah.
0: Oh no, it, Yeah, I can imagine it's definitely more the wrestlers' show to watch. Sort of. Yeah. Thing. Uh, it's definitely something because of, I'll be honest. Like Raw, they showed over here at like two in the morning and it's three hours long and I kind of don't really it's been a while since I've watched it and I watch like when it comes to the network, I just they've uploaded like three years worth of prime time wrestling, so I'm just like, you know, completely got my fix there sort of thing. But uh so you you particularly enjoying NXT at the moment. Is anyone in particular uh who stands out for you who you particularly like? Um well maybe in a professional I
2: mean I could be a fan of somebody but I'll say I wanna work this guy.
0: Yeah. Um Oh yeah, I mean yeah, heard- either way, yeah, whether you want to work with them or you admire their sort of, you know, talent or mic skills or whatever. Yeah, um, like for me, a lot of people don't know. I've known Leo
2: Rush and I've known Patrick Clark before they even got signed. Already. I've known him since they've been at MCW, so you know, if I make it down there, they're the first two people I wanna work.
0: Yes, that has gotta be motivating to see guys come from where you are. Um yeah. So how did they get, I mean, what happened with them? Do you know, were they spotted in MCW or did they sort of move to New York? and? Uh,
2: Patrick got on Tough Enough before Leo. Leo was still in MCW doing his thing. Right. And it got picked up after about six months after Tough Enough, they signed him. He became the Velveteen Dream. Leo went the international route. He went, I think to um, Ireland and, uh, Germany, uh, I don't think he went, he might've been in Japan, Puerto Rico. He went to internationally. I know he'd been to the UK. Yeah. Um, and then they picked him up, uh, this summer, I think July or August. He made the sign and then, uh, they kind of kept him off TV cause I guess he made some sort of, uh, distasteful comment towards Emma, which I don't think it was that big deal.
0: I, I um, did. Yeah, I did see that. Um, <sighs> yeah I, I mean personally i don't think it's for me to really judge i mean he may have just been working i guess you
2: know and it was just the wrong time just, it was the wrong time. Yeah. himself he said it the, at the wrong time when the girl just lost her job and of course people gonna do that yeah he could have he could have said anything else but he had to say that and with him being new it was pretty much suicide but luckily the powers the beat gave him another chance and now he's redeeming himself and uh I just saw him on TV a couple of days ago and he worked Lars Sullivan. And, uh, so he's doing, he's doing pretty good. I haven't talked to him directly since summertime. I lost contact with him. We used to text all the time, but, uh, he's doing his thing. Patrick doing his thing. And I'm hoping I can follow suit this year. Or
0: something. That's really cool, man. So, um, we've like, I wouldn't want to get into it too much, but like sort of having connections with WWE and NXT, as you do now. um, would you go that route and say, I mean, I don't know if they can put in a word or if you could send a tape up or anything like that. Do you, I mean, would you, at this point, how, how would you go about it? Or would you go the tough enough route if it came back? Uh, I put all my information in the last two seasons. I didn't get picked. But uh, yeah. for
2: me, it's just a matter of keep working and going to these camps. Like, um, a lot of people don't know. I, I don't like name uh, Again, I'm not a name dropper, but I'll just drop his name. Uh, I went to Tyson Kids Seminar in New York in yeah. October. And me and him are very good friends, so it's like, it's not a matter of what you know, it's about who you know. So, like, who's to say six months from now he doesn't, you know, throw my name somewhere and then something happens. It just You just got to keep working hard. Oh, um, you know, yeah. if you're trying to get to WWE, you just, the only thing you can do is impress people. The biggest mistake that people make is not promoting themselves. If nobody knows who you are, you're not much good, so best thing you can do is keep promoting yourself keep working hard work as many places as you can and then when the time is right if you're if you're different if somebody likes you you'll get a look
0: i agree with that and i mean just it just goes to show how you know much effort you put into promoting like your podcast appearances as well i i really appreciate it that you you know um enjoy doing these and want to be uh, on these shows as well. Cause you know, it, it means a lot. And then, you know, then obviously when you're, you know, at WrestleMania, I can be like, Oh fuck. I interviewed that guy. And then, uh, then, then you recommend the podcast to Vince and then Vince commissions it for the network. And then you'll be my first guest. See, that's how, that's how it'll work.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I've told, I've told other people about you. As a matter of fact, Uh, I'm tag teaming right now with Marvelous Mario. He's out of North Carolina and we're called the Renaissance. Our gimmick is basically that in the eighties where, you know, I don't like to throw on the race card out, but you know, you know, in New York, Harlem, African-Americans were going through a, a great depression and, you know, being worked to death. And me and him are doing like a modern day version of that. Only not, you know, as obvious. We're just doing something completely different. I'm going to get my, I'm going to get new haircut this weekend. I'm completely changing my look up. Oh,
0: wow cool so I yeah mean, do you um with with the uh, the gimmick that you have then are you so you're not afraid to get political with it i guess
2: um no but i do it the right way i don't do black lives matter i don't talk about trump or clinton if i'm doing something controversial it'll be about my skin color and i'm not gonna blatantly said hey we were hold down by white people because for one my family's white yeah and uh i have nothing against caucasians you know i date caucasian girls my family's white i've been raised. A you know, around Caucasians since I was a baby. So, of course, I like Caucasians. But if I'm doing the gimmick at the heel, I'm going to say, well, we're always minority. We're always, you know, held back, blah, blah. You know how, you know, we talk out of our butts a lot. So it's like, I'm going to use that. And if it works, you know, I'll put my own tweak on it and hopefully it gets over. And, yeah. um, back when I was talking about Mario, I told him about your podcast and he's never, he's tried for the longest time to get on a podcast. He doesn't know how to do it. So I recommended, you know, maybe, he could add you and then maybe you guys can I set would a date.
0: yeah man I would love that so is he uh, is he the guy in your banner picture on your Facebook page no that is montesi that's the guy that does all my theme songs. ah that's cool that's cool so ah so he's the guy who um, when I had you on the first time and um, you sent me some of your music
2: yeah that's him also I'm gonna take time to give Montesi a shout out um he's very talented. Uh, he works out of Saint Petersburg, Florida. So, any wrestlers or anybody that has some sort of podcast or anything that was does like music or wants their own class of music, I highly suggest you hit him up.
0: That's awesome, man! Yeah, give me a link; I'll post it. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So, I mean, how did you? I mean, how did you feel about sort of, um, gimmicks like sort of like that? are – Racial stereotype. Like, are you kind of okay with them if it's generating a reaction from an audience sort of thing? Because, like, it, it, wrestling is sort of a weird thing where they will cross the boundaries of good taste or bad taste, like, a lot. Um, do you feel that it's, like, as long as you are fully in control of what is happening to your character, you are fine exploiting your skin color i guess or your background or whatever like like how do you uh, like characters like nation of domination or like even like flash funk sort of thing you know he's just black disco guy you know like how do you how do you feel about that are there any that have particularly offended you or any that you actually really enjoyed
2: well you know when you're in a professional business you know gimmicks are the bees knees and what sell tickets yeah I mean, if somebody gets so terribly offended at the product, they don't even watch it. Like, I think the most offensive gimmick I've seen was the Mexicos and lawnmowers. Now, anybody knows, you know, Hispanics and grass cutting, you know that's a racial thing. Yeah. And then with Prime time and dressed as thugs, how stereotypical is that? But if you're signing me to a million-dollar contract and you give me, like, a, a damn ripped-up white T-shirt with jeans, obviously I look, I look like a slave. Yeah. But if it's gonna be making me um money, then yeah, I'm gonna do it. It's a gimmick, yeah. you know. If it's not offensive, if it's not ticking people off, then you know it's not it's not money. So it just depends on the person. But at the same time, they gotta be real careful about certain things because society pretty much chews up everything nowadays. So they gotta do it in a way that you know,
0: cool but not too overly. That that is true. I'm, I'm, I still don't think it stops uh, certain characters or WWE from portraying like you know when Jack Swagger and the whole Zeb Colter uh, tea party thing or you know uh, or yeah. e- even going back. I mean, I'm sure you've seen New Jack and Mustafa as the gangsters. Um, there yeah, was. There that, that, that's- my favourite gimmick <laughs> <laughs> there was a there's a story about them when they were in Smoky Mountain because obviously Jim Cornette's you know I mean there's southern as a uh, booker as it gets and um and the gangsters came out in front of that southern audience I mean potential clan members in the audience you, you know Um and Jim Cornette admitted that as well and he was just they were getting so much heat because they were just going out there saying, you know, fuck you, we don't care. You know, basically along those lines. And um, they were getting that many complaints. That it was like, oh, you might as well have them coming out eating fried chicken and watermelon. And then the next week, New Jack came out on screen <laughs> eating fried chicken and watermelon. and But it was more like, oh, you would love us to do this, wouldn't you? Just, but like, fuck you, we're not going to do what you tell us to do. And just, you know, um, yeah, the the gangsters were tremendous. Really... I don't know if they were ahead of the time, but certainly of the time, because I don't think you could really do that now. Um, But, yeah. they um, Did you see... uh, Because the gangsters worked ECW as well, not just New Jack. Um, Are you more familiar with them in ECW, or or did you see them in Smoky Mountain?
2: I've seen them in Smoky Mountain before they even got to ECW. Yeah. Matter of fact, New Jack is a cool dude. Man, A lot of of people give him him shit for what he's done, but it's him. But uh, I totally agree with him with the mass transit situation. Yeah. Um, that young man should have not been in the ring. If he's not trained, never stepped in, never took a bump, his ass shouldn't have been in there. Yeah. So yeah. the fact that he, I, I know I'm not supposed to cuss, but he got, you know, effed up. No, no, you can and, cuss. You can cuss this fine. And, you know, he ended up dying from a gastric bypass, but his fat ass should never been in there. And if you tell the man, give me color, that's what he did. And then you want to go to court and bitch about it, bitch, and complain. Well, you told the man to, Color you so that's what he did, yeah. and you know I talked to I talked to New Jack, you know whose real name is Jerome. So I talked to him, you know, a couple times a month, and he's cool. He's doing all right. So you know it's just that guy. If you know you're, you're not ch- trained, but you want to be a wrestler, invest in, and get trained properly. Don't go to ECW and lie about your experience who you're trained by because at the end of the day they'll find out, and then you'll look stupid or you'll get your ass whipped like he did. So yeah. that he's the main reason why the DPR has wrestling
0: license. Oh really? (laughs) Yeah, that that doesn't surprise me really. Have you have you ever have you ever bled during a match? Then have you ever had to bleed?
2: I normally when I normally get color, it's normally the hard way, and I normally have to take it home in like a minute. Yeah, because I've never I've never bled in a a state that allows me to bleed. I'm thinking about getting some color
0: this weekend though. Ah, so so what? uh, What? Because obviously, by the time the uh, the podcast is up. Um, the match will have come and gone. So uh, what's the match this weekend? I'm guessing it's a big one.
2: Yes, yeah, for the AIWF World Cruiserweight Championship. Um, it's a six-man, uh, one fall to the finish match. So six of the world's best cruiserweights from the area are going to be there. I'm one of those six.
0: That's awesome, man. So, um, well, I'm looking forward to seeing the results. I- I'm guessing there will be video of this as well. Yeah, there will be a video probably the day after it's up. Hmm. That's awesome. So, I mean, obviously, with, uh, with this kind of interview, as a fan, I don't like personally talking, you know, it's kind of breaking kayfabe in a way, because I am genuinely fan and I want to suspend disbelief. Do you have, like, sort of problems with breaking kayfabe online or, like, sort of other people breaking kayfabe online? Like, if you have an opponent coming up, do you want to try and sort of build an air of mystique? even on social media sort of thing or does it, um, or do you find that the fact that the fourth wall is being broken, do you think that's just as fascinating? Because I mean, WWE do that, they break the fourth wall all the time and sometimes their real life characters are more interesting than what they portray on TV.
2: Well, I mean, here's the thing, you know, WWE, they break k all the time, so, yeah. but at the like, same time they're WWE and they're allowed to. Like for us, um, I stay in character at all times on social media. I don't, Say, oh, I'm working this guy and then, you know, I don't post a selfie of us having a beer in the bar. Like, that makes no sense. Yeah. So if I know I'm working somebody, I'll stay in character before and after. I might shoot a message privately and be like, yo, thanks, but I ain't going to go on there and kiss his ass. Like, I can't stay when people work a match and then they're hugging and, and all that after. It's like, man, y'all, you, people already think what we do is fake. So when people <laughs> pull shit like that, it's kind of proving their point.
0: Mm. I I, th- I think as well when sort of guys do that, that obviously, I don't know they they're not taking it as seriously, kind of thing, and um, they maybe don't have the aspirations to go to WWE or sort of um, build upon their career, I guess. Um, you know, you can certainly tell the difference because I have a lot of wrestlers on Facebook, and you can I mean it's like night and day who takes it seriously and who doesn't. Um, and you obviously you're know, definitely take it seriously. And I, yeah, I think it, it shouldn't be that much of an effort, to be honest, to just kind of maintain some kind of mystique. I mean, obviously we're talking about it now and we kind of are breaking that fourth wall completely. Um, but, you know, I, I think the right kind of listener will listen to this um, who wants to get to know you as well, um, as well as what you do in the ring.
2: Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> it's a, it all depends on the person. Like for me, everybody knows how
0: I feel about wrestling. So yeah.
2: I stand character online, in meetings, at home. Yeah, it doesn't matter because if the moment I slip up, they're like, "Oh, that Urban Legend's a good guy," or "Oh, that Urban Legend is an asshole." So it's like I just want to act like I always act, and then that's it. That's why
0: I don't have my real name on
2: Facebook too.
0: Cause I don't. You know. Yeah. I I, I totally get that so um, do you have do you have a fan base at this point who follow you around and um, kind of love everything you do I
2: think I do because I went to the gym a couple weeks ago and somebody uh, recognized me they said oh
0: you've got stalkers
2: well kind of they (laughs) saw saw my uh, my YouTube video and they've been watching my matches since they even named the year I started which kind of creeped me out but
0: like I haven't watched you since 2013. I'm like that's when I started uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so now do, so, um, do you You wrestle as a heel mostly then? Uh,
2: well I was doing face for a while But now I'm doing heel Just because I'm more comfortable Everybody thinks I'm better as a heel So that's what I'm doing I, I, heel is naturally me I don't really gotta try I don't really like Doing the whole You know Fist <laughs> out so like, Come on Wearing bright colors like That's yeah. not me So, so you're uh, natu- heel, natu- heel is better for me
0: Naturally an asshole Basically then. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> see the uh, I love the uh, little uh, video gif uh, profile on your Facebook page as well. You just have the presence of a heel and a, just a, and a badass heel as well. Um, you know, I love the I love the hoodie without the sleeves. It's a really cool look, man. Um, you know, you look like you're ready for business at all all times. Yeah, it, you it, got- it, it, it's first impressions as well. You know, you people will see a picture of you before they see you in the ring. Um, and you know, your promo pictures are you know, very well done and your know, your overall presentation, so yeah. It, it just it's all about first impressions. That, guys, that, that uh, wasn't a question. I'm a really bad podcaster.
2: <laughs> there's nothing nothing wrong with that. Um that brings me to my next subject, these guys that have these gimmicks. Like how are you gonna be an outlaw with a cowboy hat and overalls but you're gonna come out to Little Wayne? Yeah, if you're gonna do a gimmick, go all out. Like me, I'm rap, I'm, I'm a street thug doing through, which is why I do the hoodie, I do the, the the headband sleeveless hoodies. But what pisses me off now is everybody's doing the sleeveless hoodie look. So now, <laughs> because of me, because I'm such an inspiration to the millions of jabronis worldwide, they they want to copy my look. So now I gotta do
0: something else. You're gonna have to change it up. See, ah, uh, see, what have you got anything in mind, or, um, yeah. oh yeah, but then you can. I don't know, you could be like, you know, all these imitators, but there's only one of a legend, you know? Yeah, I said something similar.
2: Like I said, you can be, uh, there's duplicators, there's imitators, but I'm an originator, something along, the, along those lines.
0: Yeah,
2: man. <laughs> I used to be a rapper too, so now when I cut promos on people, or if I'm burying somebody, I'll, you know, hit a little two punch, a little two punch line, and then. You know, do my thing. Like right now, wrestling is best kept secret because that's what I am. More people should know about me than they do. So,
0: And it, it'll definitely happen as well. Man. I mean, it just like I said, I'm, I'm always impressed that the person who recommended you to me is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, Leilani Kai. Um, yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, and she speaks very highly of you, and she's really happy as well that you're coming back on to do the podcast as well. Um, have you? Did you? Because I, I think I asked you about it. I may have asked about it at the time. Have you interacted personally with Leilani? Oh.
2: Not yet, but that's going to change very soon, but I have I did shoot a message yesterday.
0: Ah, cool. So that's see and she is a she's a tough old broad as well. I mean I I will not tell her that I call her old, but she's definitely <laughs> tough. You know, <laughs> it would be an odd combination, but I can imagine you as just a kick ass combination of just, you know, no shit. Take no shit, take no prisoners kind of uh kind of deal.
2: You know what would be really cool is if me i you know I don't think this is going to happen, but it would be awesome I would love to see if Lilani could be my
0: valet for a match I would love that I think that would be awesome yeah if if she does that as well, you have to tell her how much I love her as well because she's she's so cool um you yeah, know all of a different she was she's someone who you know, like you will change her look to sort of, you know, if she feels that people are imitating or, you know, that look is becoming a bit old or whatever, she changed with the times, basically. I mean, look at the Glamour Girls compared to the whole Hawaiian thing and then, you know, um, as she moved on into the 90s and stuff like that, and even when she went to WCW, she had a completely different look and um, you know, she's very business oriented and, you know, in the right sense and, uh, and a trainer as well and uh, someone that some someone that uh, unbelievably isn't in the WWE Hall of Fame yet. And she definitely needs to be. And, uh, you know, I'll be honest, man.
2: When I first found out that she endorsed me, I thought I didn't deserve it. I still think I don't deserve it, but it this is a really cool honor. And then, you know, Sean Hernandez basically said I'm the future. So, you know, with them two backing me, and then you know through Sean, I at Homicide, so they're all cool people. So it's like I'm just fortunate to be, you know, planting the seed,
0: so to speak. Yeah, also, and and how old are you know?
2: Uh twenty four.
0: Ah, that's nothing. See, you've got so so long ahead of you, and, you know. And it only takes like this time next year. There's no no reason why you can't be in NXT because things seem to happen a lot quickly, like a lot quicker now than they used to just by looking yeah. at it from an outsider you know once you're noticed they have so many tiers now you know from the performance center to NXT to you know even the, the UK championship or the May Young Ch- uh, tournament or anything like that it's just there are so many ways now to kind of get into WWE but it doesn't make it easier by any means because it's not like they keep everyone that they bring in um you know and i think it probably makes competition um, a lot, a lot more sort of uh, you know, kind of dog eat dog, I guess, um, because it it seems more graspable. Do, do you know what I mean? Because um, I'm sure as a kid, it, WWE or WWF at the time probably seemed, you know, in another galaxy sort of thing. But now that you are starting to really get your name out there and you have the connections that you have, it's um, it just I'm really happy to see how, like I say, how far you've advanced. And how, in the right direction, you're heading as well
2: yeah it's it's really uh it's really cool, with me being me, I always want more, so I'm definitely not
0: satisfied um, yeah and, and, and you it, never you never should be man. you should always you know once you become content, i guess you become like, less you become less hungry, i guess,
2: yeah, you know, like uh, I've been promoted costly promoting and talking to people so I'm just at this point I'm just trying to get my uh, get my name out even more and hopefully one day I get a look because that's what I'm aiming for I just with me being me I've always felt like there's a time you know a time hourglass and I feel like time's running out so I, I gotta keep trying to get you know do what
0: I need to do well I, I, okay I mean obviously you know no one has forever but you're on the right road And, um, you know, how many people go into be around your age or maybe a little older, you know, you're certainly not behind anyone and you're probably ahead of many. So, you know, it's going to happen, man. Did you, uh, did you see that picture with me and Tyson? I did not. I did not. When, when did you go? Was it, it was late last year. Yeah, it was in October. I just sent you, uh, I just sent you it on the, um, on the Skype. Cool. I'm going to use that as the uh, as the picture for the podcast now. Or right. that's really cool, and you know, and, and I mean, nothing but respect for Tyson Kidd. Someone who has basically had a career-ending injury as well, and I feel so bad for him because there was some someone with such talent. I mean, um, and he never. When you see him on screen post uh, the injury, he hasn't lost his. Dedication or passion or enthusiasm, and uh, you must have just been an awesome person to be around.
2: Yeah, that dude, I kid you not, I know a lot of people, but that guy's probably one of the most nicest, genuine people. That I, yeah, uh, he's always there for me, you know, as a friend and as a mentor. And I just, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about religion, but I'm very fortunate to have him a part of my life. Uh, same, you know, Natty Natty's cool too, Nat Natty's really, um nice person. Let me tell you what they both did for my sister. I didn't have a uh Christmas present for my sister this year and she's a big fan of Natty so they hooked me up with an autographed picture of Natty for uh for my sister for her Christmas gift.
0: That's so cool.
2: So they're very nice people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just watched uh um, I watched uh, uh the Ultimate Warrior documentary not long ago and um, Natty was helping to train one of his daughters and um, she got her daughter some brand new ring attire and stuff like that and that was and one of her jackets from Wrestlemania as well they, yeah they just seem like such I think because you respect the industry that has fed them you know like and something that has been their life they, they're they gonna have nothing but respect for you as well and um, you know it's definitely a mutual thing and
2: ironically i actually didn't meet because t- i used to be friends with smith hart and but i know smith passed away from cancer yes yeah uh, me and smith we weren't close but we were good friends because i got close with him on a podcast from mike ferrara and then you know i texted him every week and then the text turned the phone calls and we just shoot shit for about an hour and a half about just wrestling and the hearts and stampede and oh. jericho benoit and Amazing. All the Canadian wrestlers, and I told Smith how much Canadian wrestlers influenced my life. Hmm. Anybody from anybody, Dynamite Kid to Chris Benoit to Jericho, you know, Kevin Owens, and all the Canadian wrestlers. Even though I'm not well, I'm part French Canadian, but I'm not full blown Canadian. Yeah, and I told him, you know, what a big influence The heart had on me, and that's one of the reasons why he kept talking to me. And uh, you know, he ripped me almost every time I called him. And it was just he was the kind person, and uh, I lost contact with him couple weeks and then after that he passed away but uh i asked last one of the last things i asked him is how's tyson doing because i have i have never talked to that him you know beforehand he's like how don't you why don't you ask him yourself and i'm like well i'll take a chance and see if he answers me. so i tweet him i said hey man how's your neck i hope you're doing well have a blessed day and then he retweeted that and i said uh i know this is pushing my luck but is there any way i can get a follow back so a day later, lo and behold, he falls me back, and then I shoot him messages, and then we became friends ever since, and then the the uh, seminar was the first time I met him in person, and then that bond that we have got stronger. So really, you know, I, I met Tyson through
0: Smith. Oh, that's really cool. So um, what kind of, you know, can can you tell me a Smith story that he may have told you? Because uh, um, like, I can't imagine how cool it must have been to have him at your disposal to just this fountain of knowledge and experience.
2: I remember Brett and Owen used to jog. You know how cold it is in Canada.
0: Oh, yeah, well <laughs> probably as cold as it is here right now. But
2: <laughs> they used to jog with bo- with wet boxers for mental toughness.
0: Oh jeez, okay.
2: Benoit and Jericho used to do like 500 Hindu squats, and Benoit used to mostly win
0: because he's a he's a psychopath, and he likes what. <laughs>
2: Thick. Uh, so he would do hindu squats until the other guy was like throwing his brains out and he'd laugh at him. But Benoit was like super intense, super, super intense. And I asked Stu, I'm like I mean not Stu. I asked Smith, I'm like, uh, is there any way you think I'd ever survive the dungeon? And he said if you had enough heart and this is the one piece of advice he gave me I'll never forget, he'll say, You only get uh you only put out what you I mean you only get in what you put out or something like that, or yeah. you only get what you put in. And then, you know, that I've held that for since he's passed I'm like well he's right i only get out of business what i put in in business and that's why i'm trying to do everything i can to get me you know to the top i just recently renewed my contract with book pro Wrestling with steve stasiak so this year you know it's going to be a bigger more experience for me i hope
0: that's great so i mean um i'm guessing over the over the past year with steve because i mean the names that he is connected to is just ridiculous um <laughs> So, uh, I guess, you know, because uh, does he have many sort of indie names who are relatively unknown sort of under contract as well? Because I can't imagine he has many. Well, here's the thing. I was uh, Right now, I'm still his youngest
2: client in history. I'm the youngest one he has. Oh, wow. I was the first independent guy he has, and then he started taking on more independent guys, but I pretty much set the tone for that. I was the first independent guy he took on in the rest of TV household names.
3: Yeah.
2: So... The fact that he believed in me is, like, cool because I was so, I'm was i so Joe, Joe Smuck Indy guy. i never done nothing, and he just took me on, and
0: I got I blossomed
2: from there. So if it wasn't for him, man, I'd still be kind of in my home my
0: home turf wrestling. Yeah. So uh, what's the furthest you've traveled for a match then? You what? What's the furthest you've traveled for a match? Um,
2: I would have to say New Jersey or Massachusetts.
0: And that's a hell of a uh, trek from where you are.
2: Yeah, took me to Massachusetts. Took me like eighteen hours. Yeah, oh. in the car because I don't drive, but it's an eighteen-hour car ride. And I would I would have been to Texas, but I didn't get cleared for my concussion in time, and I wasn't allowed to get booked, so that's why I didn't go to Texas.
0: Ah, uh, see that. But again, that will that will happen. I'm sure. Uh, in the future but um, so did uh, did you get to look around the cities when you were
2: there yeah I stopped at White Castle when I got to New <laughs> York yeah. I, had to. yeah I got 20 sliders because I was
0: hungry Jesus okay right
2: <laughs> so I, I, I pretty much smashed the 20 sliders and uh-huh. then, uh on the way home and we were just chilling and it was a fun time just, I can't live in New York man because that place smells bad really okay Oh man, I got to Brooklyn, man. My nose clogged up. It's like newspapers everywhere, pollution. The only good thing I could take away from that is they had the best pizza ever.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard they do amazing pizza. Like just you could just buy slices and just eat it on the street, can't you? Individual slices. See. Yeah, it was
2: like two two dollars, and the pizza was the size of my face. It was <laughs> the cheese was melting off the crust. It was a good time.
0: Man. Oh yeah. See, I, I I've heard as well, especially with uh, wrestlers those who moved down south from New York, they're like, oh, this is so peaceful and nice. And then those who moved to New York basically go insane because uh, they're not used to rude people, I guess, and you know, the amount of congestion and traffic. I
2: never, and, got, I never got any lip from no rude person, but if anybody knows who, my personality, I'm one of the biggest man whores in the world, which means if I see a hot lady, I'm going <laughs> to say that. I ain't never seen so many attractive women in New York ever like I've been some places I think Florida I've been to Florida now because I went to Florida a couple weeks ago and they had some good looking girls there too but New York man they got them little
0: dime pieces yeah so what so did you dress for the occasion did you have the you know your chest on show you know I was straight rocking the blazer man I had I was bumming I had a turtleneck with
2: the with the uh blazer with black shoes and dress pants it was cold
0: uh but dress like a pimp you know, basically. Yeah.
2: yeah. Always. Always. I just bought a pair, a couple of new pairs of Adidas, man. I have went shoe shopping. And so Moore more, going to have to catch up with your boy, man, because I think I'll be the this. New year.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Well, look, we're going to, I've got a couple of questions for you, but, uh, before we wrap up, this has been fun. We're going to have to do this again. If you're, you know, um, wanting to do it again, you know, it's always fun having you on. Um, first uh actually uh listen to a question as well um, and I hope I get the name correct it's Vedant,
2: okay Vedant
0: Williams who asks what are your top three favorite movies of all time
2: uh my first movie would probably have to be the water boy <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh the second would have to be great iron gang uh. Uh-huh. And then the third one would probably have to be Norbert. And not many people have heard of that movie.
0: No, I've never heard. See, in, what was the first movie you saw at the cinema? Do what? What was the first movie you uh, saw at the cinema?
2: Um,
0: Waterboard came out a long time ago. It did. It did. Yeah, but, I mean, God, I mean, what, 98 or something? Because Big Show's in, in that, isn't he?
2: Yeah, it had to be 98 or 99. That had to have been one... When- Big Show was in WCW, and that's when I was like four.
0: Yeah, so I mean, did you sort of uh, mark out heavily when you saw wrestlers in non-wrestling things? I did. Yeah, what? I was like, "Um, there's a wrestler <laughs> in there. That's the Big Show. That's Paul White." It's <laughs> like, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, during that time, though, did you feel like when the Attitude Era really kicked in and wrestling became cool, did you like? Did you did you become more popular because you? were into wrestling beforehand sort of thing like that happened to me I was like cool for about 5 minutes during the Attitude Era at school because everyone else liked it That at that one particular moment and everyone you know tell everyone to, told everyone to suck it and uh, you know quoted quote Austin and, <laughs> because my mom wouldn't let me watch the Attitude
2: Era because I was too violent so ah. wrestling is the main reason why I failed a lot of my tests in my younger days <laughs> and I was at midnight with the volume all the way down with the blinds closed, and then when the TV was on, you saw the little, you know, reflection off the wall. So I put blankets over the wall so that you couldn't see the light. Smart.
0: That is smart.
2: And my mom never found out except the day before Christmas, and she just let me watch it. It
0: was Christmas. All right. Uh, cool. <laughs> so, um, did you uh, watch your favorite wrestling video game? Or of all sp- time, of it all- have to be uh,
2: No Mercy. That is the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> That was the, my favorite game of all time aside from Here Comes the Pain.
0: See, that's the thing. Here Comes the Pain. I, I remember playing it at the time. It's the first game that they had with Legends on it, which was a really, you know, really cool thing for me. Um, and I enjoyed playing it, but I didn't see what was so great about it compared to, like, say, uh, Shut Your Mouth or Just Bring It. But now looking back on it, there are certain features and sort of gameplay and uh, things you can do in the ring that. They haven't really done since, to be honest, and you know it really has stood the test of time. It's a great roster on it as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, here comes the pain is the main reason why I failed seventh grade. Um, <laughs> I I put on about ten pounds of fat because I just skipped school, played that all day, so ate like shit. And just... Yeah, that was that was a good game, and uh, but the one thing I didn't like about that was pretty much every character's face was the same.
0: See, so, yeah, I'm gonna have to look back on it now. So, yeah, what so did you? just wasn't as uh weren't as lifelike as they could have been See, I don't Kane think... yeah uh Kane's face was fucked up in that game <laughs> so I'm gonna have to look back. so that's the thing back then I think you just kind of uh accepted it you know what I mean like cause No Mercy really the wrestlers look like shit on the game but the gameplay is yep. that good um yep. yeah when when Warzone and Attitude came out um The wrestlers, you know, they were the first real, real, true 3D wrestling games. And they looked so good at the time. But now looking back on it, it was like almost like sort of uh, eight-button combos just to do a body slam and stuff like that. And it hasn't really stood the test of time. But um, that's kind of what you were used to. And when THQ took over with WrestleMania 2000 and No Mercy, I was really worried that they weren't going to look like them anymore. Like that was like a really big thing for me, but then, as soon as you played it and got used to, you know um and saw the entrances as well, and how kind of realistic the presentation was um yeah i I became a huge sucker for no mercy it really does stand the test of time
2: yeah if i, if I wanna take it you know old school, I'll play that,
0: yeah so yeah sorry, i so, yeah i do i do no doubt a little over uh over wrestling games, especially the older ones as well um so uh what's your favorite pay-per-view of all time? Oh man. Um you talking about New School or old school? That any. I don't mind. Oh god. Uh If it's new, favorite, if it's new, if it's really new, I might not have seen it, but um favorite pay-per-view of all time. Well, I got two, but
2: uh I'd have to say WrestleMania 20. Okay. When Benoit won the world title. Yeah. It's between that and no way out when Eddie Guerrero went over and won the W title. I can't decide, but it's neck and neck for those two. Oh,
0: see, yeah, I I totally get that. I mean, the Eddie winning the title was one of the greatest feel good moments. I mean, maybe even more than Benoit winning the title. There was just something about it because yeah, maybe.
2: going
0: a lie. Yeah, I mean, because it was in El Paso as well, wasn't it? I mean, it couldn't have been any more perfect. Um, yeah. And yeah, and WrestleMania 20. It's um, I I I like the event a lot. I think there's maybe one or two, like sort of too many matches, sort of thing, because they felt the need to really put everyone on that card. So you had those uh, four way tag team title matches, and you know, yeah. yeah, I think they really built up a lot of the matches really well. And the the highlight for me uh, on that event was uh, Paul Bearer returning with the Undertaker. That was yeah. that was so cool. Um But and but I think the tag division at that point was uh, just down the drain, to be honest, because they were kind of uh using makeshift teams like Bukati and Rob Van Dam and stuff like that. But um you know, and Christian's my favourite wrestler, so I really enjoyed the Christian Jericho uh feud as well. Yeah. But yeah, WrestleMania Twenty man, good stuff. So did you collect action figures? Oh, Oh man, I got hundreds. <laughs> okay, um, so are are you um are you Titantron era or are you sort of ruthless aggression era with your figures? Uh, uh I would have to say
2: probably. I'm still stuck on the attitude era. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, much, so much ballsy shit. Fucking sex tape <laughs> storylines, borderline story porn, like. That was the shit. I mean, not saying today's product is garbage, but man, I would love to see some edge in the product. But I think they're going to bring it back in a couple of years because
0: I've, I've seen a couple of stuff
2: the past couple of years It's a little edgier, you
0: know? Yeah, i see. I think when they do it in like sort of dribs and drabs, it kind of makes it more important. Like I think one, because don't get me wrong, I love the attitude era, but it kind of in a way ruined things like for a few years after that because once you do everything... It's kind of hard to really keep topping it, sort of thing. Like, I mean, when around like the two thousand and five, two thousand and six sort of era, I kind of dropped out a little bit because I think we were almost spoiled as wrestling fans during that time. When you yeah. look at when you look at the roster and look at the storylines, but um, yeah, no, the, the some people say the attitude was overrated, and I think they don't know what they're talking about because like. It was so fun. It really was so fun. I mean, don't get me wrong, there was stuff in bad taste. I mean, you know, Terry Runnels losing a baby, (laughs) you know, falling off the apron and having a miscarriage and stuff like that. Um, I think just stuff that didn't really lead to a match. You know, I didn't really understand it at the time as a kid. Yeah. But apart from that, I mean, you know, the uh, Austin-Vince storyline, possibly the greatest storyline of all time, in my opinion. It's hard to say that Vince isn't the greatest heel of all time.
2: Yeah, by, by far. I think
0: top three favorite storylines would have to be,
2: of course, Austin and McMahon. Yeah. Number two would have to be Guerrero and Mysterio. I see. Which which time? Uh, 05 when the custody of Dominic when Guerrero was insanely jacked. <laughs> insanely
0: jacked. You must have. I don't know. That that ladder match. See, I was thinking that you should have Dominic actually on a pole or something like that or like actually hung from the uh... – the ring, and then they should go up and grab Dominic from the thing. Like, I mean, it it was it was absurd. <laughs> I would have
2: liked Eddie to go. I would have liked Eddie to go over in that match and have them drag it out a little bit longer <laughs> and have it culminate at WrestleMania or something. But um, yeah, I think my third my third rivalry would have to be man. I'd have to say Orton and Cena. I know that's like you know far far, but they did some good storytelling doing that.
0: Yeah. I, is is there a because they kind of dip in and out of that, don't they? But there was like sort of a really strong period of like sort of great or- Orton Cena matches on pay per view. Um, but do you, do you feel that they kind of dip back into that when they don't have anything else planned? Sort of thing? I mean,
2: yeah, but I think it won't be a problem because they have so much talent. I mean, Cena's yeah. thing from wrestling to Hollywood, so really. He's one of the part. He's one of the main attractions now. Like Brock Lesnar, and Cena only brought in when they need a shit ton of merch sales and stuff. So really, you don't gotta worry about watching Cena on TV every day. So I think they have just enough talent to, you know, do what they gotta do.
0: Yeah. Would Would you say that Brock Lesnar's the biggest current draw in the company? Or,
2: uh, I mean, yeah, financially, but I think Reigns and I think Reigns. Is Gonna explode and Enzo too. Um, ironically, Rusev is out selling everybody yeah, in terms of merch, Rusev uh, day t-shirt and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, we got different options you can go to. It's not Orton, Rock, and Cena to be all in all, but they're only like, getting
0: only brought in when
2: they need, you know, merch sales.
0: Absolutely, I, I, I do like the big fight feel behind Lesnar's matches, though, and the fact that he is not on TV all the time. You know, it's one of those yeah. things that there's so many so many hours of TV that. You it's kind of I don't know kind of tempting to put everyone on all the time, but when they have them off TV for a little bit, it just makes them more special when they do return and um, keeps things fresh as well. Because that that must be hard to do for them when they have like I don't know what eight new hours of material that they have to pump out every week and still make it fresh and still make the yeah. you know make you want to watch the per views as well. Um, you know it it's a lot to keep up with, and I can understand why some people may not watch everything sort of thing, but um, so do do you have a one thing I haven't thought about, have you got a choice for the Royal Rumble, for the winner? Uh, I
2: uh, well this might not happen, but I think
0: EC3 is going to go over.
2: Do you think? Yeah, EC3 from uh, TNA.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, what, has he he signed, or?
2: Well, he's not in TNA anymore, but the only logical choice he has now is WWE unless he goes to New Japan. But I think if he goes to WWE as EC3, it'll be beneficial because, as everybody knows, he was known as Michael Bateman in NXT. So yeah. if he goes there as an EC3
0: a New Gimmick, then, yeah.
2: They're, I mean, they're bringing down the Outsiders anyway. Bobby Roode, you
0: know, yeah. all them people. See, yeah, edge. but if if he goes in as Ethan Carter, do you think Dixie will show up? No, they're not going to let Dixie show up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, some people up there. That, that, That's true, but talk about one of the biggest heels to probably come in for years, if they take them to the, the, Dixie Carter. You know? yeah. <laughs> I can't that woman, man. Well, I'm that, always a I can't stand Dixie <laughs> <laughs> Um. Well, look, we, uh, this hour is completely flown by. Um. I want to thank you for coming on, and we're going to have to just... I, I love just bullshit especially with a wrestler as well because like as a lifelong fan it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing like i don't know you know what i feel that i can talk about as a fan to a wrestler because i don't want to sort of overstep boundaries and stuff like that or like say something that like you know may you know like break the fall and stuff like that or just like jump to conclusions or assumptions or anything like that so i really appreciate that you Uh, taking some time out to sort of chat with a fan I guess and uh, really you know set some shit straight about what it's like to be be a wrestler and also as a fan yourself
2: no problem I mean anytime you want me on I'm on you know I'll make time you can ask me I'm not one of them dickhead wrestlers to get all butthurt if you ask you can ask me anything because I've pretty much been asked anything by everybody so no question goes on the answer. And I, I did email my, I did message my tag team partner. I told, I told him about you. I told him to add you. So okay. if you ever, you know, if you want to have him on, or if you want to have us both on at the same time, you know, I would love to. Yeah. I'm trying to get him used to doing this stuff too. So I felt like if he went to you first, that'd be good practice for, for him. And you get
0: to feel him out too. Cause that's another person who could pick his brain and see, you know, what he has to say, yeah that's great man and look and before we go I want to thank you for the nice uh, message you sent about my mom as well who passed away last year so I really appreciate that
2: no problem man I'll say it again on the air man I'm sorry for your loss and no no one thing to help me when my mom passed is uh, you got another person looking down on you so you got another person that you gotta grind for and make proud so make sure whatever you do from tonight for you know forever you give it your all and she'll be she'll be looking over you just when you think that stuff's getting bleak or something remember he's looking up on me, looking down on you so just you know keep a positive mindset and uh keep moving forward
0: i appreciate it man it gets hard but um you know have nice words like that from you and from friends as well you know it really means a lot so yeah i want to thank you again and uh we'll we'll talk again soon
2: that sounds good man
1: will never be the same The days all pass and turn to sand and with each cry grand- me enjoy the
0: Oregon that was Phil Hellman with To The Water featuring Ron Hurst the drummer from Steppenwolf um Kai uh, who's in the band is a good friend and um yeah it's nice to be able to uh showcase his tremendous work uh to the masses well hopefully to the masses um I hope everyone enjoyed the interview with uh with Irvin I will have him back on he's a pleasure to talk to and he works really hard like a not against any of the other guests I've had but he really does promote um to the max and he's got his head screwed on as a wrestler and as a um as a businessman really and he really takes care of his own business and uh yeah um, good luck to him and I think he'll he will make it far in my humble opinion you know I'm probably not the one to judge wrestling talent but he is he is superb and uh, if you get a chance uh, i've linked his uh, facebook page and he posts videos and photo shoots and uh, all kinds of stuff and upcoming matches as well so uh, do check it all out and do support him because he is great um yeah um, where am i going uh, yes uh, upcoming shows um i will be interviewing a uh, david star who is um very much on the rise. Uh, you know, he's uh, done stuff with Ring of Honor. He's, um, I think he's done stu- some stuff with TNA, maybe on house shows, maybe on TV. I- I'm going to have to ask him about that. Um, but yeah, he is, I mean, he's just facing so many big names now on in the Independence former WWE wrestlers. Um, and you know if he doesn't make it to WWE Ring of Honor or TNA at some point soon, I'll be very very shocked. And uh, there is an interview with him in the archives as well. And he was also a guest on Turn Truckle, Uh And we, <laughs> we uh, me, Colin, and uh, David uh, talk about the time that David broke Colin's face, uh, which is uh, which is fun. Um, but yeah, now David's a lot of fun. And um, I'm gonna be talking to him about stereotype characters in wrestling as well because he's brought that up quite a bit. Uh, quite rightly as a um, wrestler who is uh, Jewish you know he has quite rightly taken offense to some uh, characters on the independent scene who uh, you know use the Jewish thing in their character and stereotype it a little bit but again being a fan of a lot of old wrestling you know A lot of the stereotype characters, Nikolai Volkov, Zuna, uh, the Iron Sheik, I mean, there's so many. Um, I'm a big fan of them, so, you know, it's kind of interesting, it'll be interesting to get uh, a wrestler's perspective on (laughs) whether I'm right to, uh, you know, be a fan of these people, but uh, anyway um yeah i'll also be interviewing uh leilani kai uh she'll be coming up soon and um and sam houston as well and i'm working on a couple of names which could be mind-blowing um because i am shameless and i will try and contact whoever um but i'll not tell you too much yet but uh there is also a project that i'm uh, very much considering um a youtube channel a wrestling themed youtube channel uh or certainly an online show because uh, i know youtube's a little bit arsey with um the content that gets uploaded there now, in terms of advertising and stuff like that, uh, so yeah, a lot more to come on that in the next uh, few weeks. But uh, do check out old shows. I hope that if you've listened to the show for the first time, you enjoyed it enough to hopefully tune in more. Uh, not just to the wrestling shows, but to you know uh, musicians and the actors, etc. Because you know I always say that this podcast is for the open-minded, and I'm very grateful to anyone who listens. Uh, again, once uh, again, if you can uh, help with, <laughs> you know. Um, you know supporting the show by sharing it and uh maybe even um you know financially i feel really awkward talking about money but if you want to support the show monetarily then you very much i'm not going to turn that down uh because that's how i eat and keep a roof above my head and most importantly feed the cats so yes um i will be back next week and um yeah thank you very much and i shall see you later goodbye goodbye